Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com where you can use promo code wide men to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. We have returned yet again for episode 134. And uh, I'm at the point now where it's going to be called Wide Men Can't Jump. And it's a miracle that we can keep putting out content because there's absolutely nothing going on in the sports world. But yet every week, here we are. And uh, damn it, I'm kind of impressed. But nevertheless, joining me, as always... From the Great White North, the man, the myth, the Canadian Mountie legend, Tim Dombrova. I like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. <laughs> chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> I'm so dangerous, you'll have to sign a waiver. <laughs> like I'm yeah, gonna be, trying to cry, but I feel bad. <laughs> Man, the guy who laughs at a funeral. Can you know what I mean? But you soon will. Ever tendency to wear my mind yeah. on my sleeves. Ever tendency of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> I feel that's probably how people at home are feeling. It's been one week since we listened to you, and we're not really sure why we came back, but here we are. <laughs> and yet we came back again to hear these assholes five days. And, <laughs> so, and, and I know that somewhere out there, someone is yelling out, where's Frank? More Frank. Uh-huh. Sorry, yeah. no Frank this week. Frank is on Frank, the Frank's exp- Frank, uh, Frank is expensive. He only shows up on the really, really important episodes, like Daniel Hoff's yeah. birthday. That's when Frank yeah. shows up. He's expensive. But he's also on sabbatical because he's uh, uh, he's our uh, point man on the, uh, I guess we might as well announce it now, uh, the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump uh, Dance Dribble Devour uh, yeah. emanating from the uh, Boise uh, Memorial Coliseum in downtown Boise, Idaho. Uh, yeah, yeah, the inaugural uh, dance, you know, mo- uh, what was it, dance, dance Dunk and Devour? No, dance dribble. It could dribble. Be, okay. know, maybe it could be dunk. Does that sound better? Dance dunk devour. Uh, yes, let's I go. With, yes, yes, let's go with dunk because we can score. We're dunk changing the rules in the middle of the thing. No, there's no rules. I made it. They're, <laughs> they're my rules. They're my rules. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
This is, of course, modeled after uh, punt pass kick from uh, NFL Glory, but it's going to be a lot cooler because, of course, we've got – I already know, confirmed, we've got uh, Ed Boggess, of course. Cause, of course. You know, dancing, dunking, and devouring, that, <laughs> those must be his middle names. I mean, Could geez, be, this was made for him. Yeah, pretty much. And I've got it on good authority that uh, we can expect Daryl Hoff in the competition. Uh-oh. Well, so I don't know. She's gonna bring the heat, from what I understand. We'll probably she can see dance Nick now. Off. We'll probably see uh, Bobby Blaze. We'll probably see. Um, you know, I, I don't just know. want to take a second with uh, Bobby Blaze. I actually, uh, I just talked to Bobby Blaze earlier. Uh, I used his promo code on uh, collar and elbow the other day, and uh, so he was very thankful uh-huh. for that. So, if you go to collar and elbow and you buy a shirt of any kind, any kind of shirt, any kind of uh, well, anything over there. I I bought one of the the Shad Gaspar uh, shirts that benefits his family. Uh, I found one of those and bought one and used the promo code Blaze and uh, Bobby Blaze gets a cut of that. This, Can also use TR now, Shock if you want. I was gonna say it's now. I forgot about to that. Say you could use Tom's, but well, I forgot Tom had one. Truthfully, I was like, I Tom have probably one. I have a code for. I have a code for collar and elbow. I can't remember it. The only one I could remember was Blaze. So I just used Blaze. So but isn't anyway. Like, isn't that like wide 10 or something? It's, you'd have to get a lot wider. Wide 100? Wide 1,000? <laughs> you wide, know, wide who knows? The, wide till the cows come home? Oh, okay. Also, by the way, I got to throw this out here, too, while I'm thinking about it. Okay. Um, as you, as you know, I'm suffering a little bit, so bear with me, people. Um, yes, yes, you are. Uh, Those that don't know, Tim is in some pain. Uh, he bent over to tie his shoes and farted and sneezed at the same time, and almost damn near killed him. Yeah, damn near blew my what was left of my brains out on the floor. I had to scoop him back up, try to stuff him back in. It wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> the hell was I going to say? You've totally lost, you bastard. My bad. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, we got a couple of new uh, uh, members at the old uh, Facebook page, probably listening. Hope they are anyway. So uh, my good friend, uh, Phil Allen, uh, Philadelphia radio personality. Phil! Phil, and, and really into the wrestling, big fan of the Poe Bands, for those of you in the know on that one. Uh, <laughs> big, 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 big fan of the Poe Bands. Um, and then we've got the uh, Canadian Connection. Uh, Brad and Mary like Peterson. The, is that yeah, like the like Can-Am, Can-Am connection? Yes, they're like the Can-Am. <laughs> you know, I tell you, you wouldn't want to, because I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to mess with them, because Brad Peterson, uh, let's just say Brad could be related to uh, Norm. Cheers. And, oh, uh, God. And so he fits right in with the wide man thing. He's right in there. He's, Quick he's not quiz. Quite, Who was in the Can-Am connection? Oh, you know, I don't even know. Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Tom Zink. I was gonna go with Zink, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how well you do in trivia later, Smarty. If anyway. it's wrestling, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> oh, you, you might kick mine, but you, you never know because some of these questions were pretty good. Uh, okay. What else do I? So, so we want to welcome the, the new 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 listeners. Uh, Absolutely, appara- love lo- appara- love having you aboard. Yeah, uh, apparently uh, Frank's uh, epic. Uh, uh, birthday song was a huge hit, so just a quick shout out to to Danielle. She, apparently, she was all about that. Frank says, hey, "How's it going, eh?" Jeez, it's amazing. <laughs> I could I do a good Frank, eh? You do. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> We've been working on that. How's it going, eh, Nate? 
Good day. Uh, good day, hey. Or, or have you heard the Getty Lee version of, of that? Uh, I don't think I have, actually. You, you do know that Getty Lee sings the official Bob and Doug McKenzie theme song. I did not know that. Oh, dude. Take I off. I gotta look this up. To the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. I didn't they need ask to look him, that they up. Go, they, they ask him in the video, they go, Getty, where, where's your lyrics? And he goes, oh, I don't need them. I memorized them, eh? I'm a professional. <laughs> I love Getty Lee. <laughs> oh, it, it's yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to send you that. It's it, it's pretty funny. But anyhow, so uh, you know we're uh, what week thirty seven and no sports, or what it feels like, or very little sports. But uh, uh, week ten thousand without sports uh, so things, far. Things kind of drug this week. Uh, I don't know what. The, I think the NBA did a little bit of tinkering. Yeah, the let's NHL talk about. Is, can we can we talk about okay, the NFL yeah. or the well, NBA throw, real quick? I'll just throw up go ahead. Quick, up, quick updates. Major League Baseball sitting on their hands. They don't seem to know what the hell they want to do. And I they're not going to do nothing. It seems that way, and I would have thought that would have been the easiest one to conquer. Um, the NHL, I think, is in all honesty waiting to see what's happening down in uh, the United States of tyranny. Because, boy, you wouldn't want to announce one of them buildings and then have that stuff go on at it. Uh, hats, yeah, off to, hats off to everyone in America having a good time down there. I saw really uh, the barbecues everywhere. Big city barbecues happening all over the place. Uh, anyway. No, and, uh, no comment from here. No. Uh, well, it ain't. I mean, in all, all honesty, uh, be serious for a brief moment. Uh, not good. I don't know. We can get into the debate, but we won't on this show because that's not what this show is for. Not good. Hope things figure themselves out and everybody comes out uh, feeling a little bit better about things. Anyway, NBA, Nate, tell us what is the NBA up to? Well, from what I've uh, been reading, and I did share a tweet from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, there is a model going around for the NBA. It'll be a 22-team format, and it will resume on July 31st in Orlando. Proposed timeline for teams as the last possible date for the NBA for Game 7 of the NBA Finals being October the 12th would be when they wrap up. If there's a Game 7 of the NBA Finals, um, that's kind of the news that's going around there. According to this... Um, Possibility Commissioner Adam Silver is expected to have a proposal to take vote by the Board of Governors come Thursday. The exception is the NBA draft and opening of free agency would follow in sequential order in October. The NBA and the Players Association are hammering out details on the format, and there's still room for the league to maneuver on the structure of a return-to-play idea. The Board of Governors requires three-fourths passage of the 30 teams on the plan, but there's an expectation that owners that they'll fall in line and overwhelmingly approve the recommendation. The NBA has been advancing on a plan that would include regular season play in and playoff games for the 16 teams currently holding playoff position uh, within six games of the eight seed in each conference. Uh, sources did say those teams include New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, and Phoenix in the West and then in the East Washington. So, if you're keeping score at home, the Knicks are still eliminated from the playoffs, no matter what. Uh, anyway, speaking of the Knicks, hello, Jeff. Welcome aboard. 
What's going on, guys? I guess, <laughs> I guess we're having some playoff talk, possible scenarios. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you third yeah. wheel, you. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The uh, <laughs> you third wheel, you. <laughs> oh. And we wouldn't have it any other way on this tricycle. It's a 22-team format, Jeff, uh, and the final game of Game 7 of the NBA Finals would be October 12th, and then the draft and free agency would open as soon as that ended. What do you think? I saw a little bit of that uh, just a little bit earlier. Um I think they're going. They're talking about having July 31st games. It's just hard to believe that that basketball is going to be played during that time period. I guess might as well get might as well get used to that. But uh, if they're going to have it, but what what I'm what I'm a little bit uh, sketchy about is is what happens if a couple more players get the virus. What's going to happen? Um, well, today, they're taking all the. They're taking all the precautions to try to keep that from happening, but go ahead. But today, uh, three Marshall players, uh, or two Marshall players, and I think a staff member got the virus. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, I didn't. It did happen. Um, it was reported earlier. Um, I, I, I just I, I wonder if they're going to have any type of um, policy or anything like that for people. Of course, you want to see the season played out, but just another thing is, is there's going to be an asterisk for this big layoff, you know? Uh, yeah. I, there's I, going to be an asterisk on the whole year. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm sounding kind of like a negative Nancy right now or Debbie Downer, but um, I just that's what I, that's what my concern is. Of course, you want to see the games played out, but. You you don't want to get your you know are we going to get our well, hopes up and then all of a sudden after five or six games a couple of I players imagine, it, what are they going to do? I would imagine what they're going to do is all right this is where we're going to have it. We you submit your list of players and personnel and all that stuff. We test everybody gets there. We test everyone. So if you're not. If you're negative, we can get into the compound sort of deal. Then once you're in there, if every, I mean, if everybody tests negative and they keep testing them, it really, that, that's almost, it's about as foolproof as you can ask. I mean, I don't know what much more they can do. That's the hockey plan. We're going to test everybody. We'll keep testing everybody. You know, tw- I think it was twice a day, actually, they had figured out. And they got some kind of quarantine procedure in place if they come up with a positive. And that's really about all you can do. Yeah, so I you're mean, saying that, that just... they're going to play they're going to play regardless of people like like I think in NASCAR if somebody, I mean, obviously it's not like a physical contact sport, of course they rub fenders all the time like like they did the other day, but uh anyways, I, I just they they get tested right before the race. I think uh and all the pit crew guys and all that, but I guess they're going to have some type of scenario or uh, policy and put in that they're going to do that to all the players. I'm guessing that the bigger issue is going to be where they have it. Because they're going to have to try to find... I mean, I guess the basketball is what they want to do that in Orlando, I believe. Yeah, the whole thing is supposed to happen in Orlando and... Um, 
they they have their own facilities and they would be completely isolated from everyone. Right. So, so if you go into those facilities and you and they're scrubbed clean and all that, so that you know the facility is clean, and you have a hundred percent control on who goes in and out of that facility, which I don't know if they can pull that off or not, but I'm going to guess that's the plan. You got uh, temperature testing in place. Uh, actual COVID testing in place. I, I mean, if, if you're going to do it, there's going to be some element of risk. There's no way around it at this point. So I guess it depends on whether they can convince everyone that that risk is minimal enough to go ahead. Well, I think the whole thing is is you're going to have people saying, well, it's risky for me to go back to work and I'm having to do it, so they should be able to go back to work too. And they're taking more precautions than probably most of the people that are going back to work. I'm yeah, not saying that you know are... it's not any less you know dangerous or what have you, but you know it, it's it's all about timing and, and being able to to get back now. As we hope, again, quote, we hope the worst of this is behind us, but again, we don't know. Yeah, but um, they will be more than happy to spend. Um, I don't know. Let's. I'll throw a figure out there, but I don't think it's crazy. If they had to spend 10 or $20 million on testing just so they can pull this off, they'll do it because that's a drop compared to what they're going to lose if they got to cancel the season. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. How about fans? Uh, are the, what's the uh, – what are they well, going to do with the fans? The ho- How many can come and all that? The hockey model is zero. They're not even going to try to police that. I believe that's the NBA as well. I just don't see that working. You know, Texas made the announcement the other day that uh, yeah. they're going to allow 25% there. <laughs> yeah, because even the COVID is bigger in Texas. I mean, I saw that announcement and I was like, that's ballsy. And uh, I didn't really know what to think about it, but I mean, I don't know. Well, it's... Like I said, I mean, you've got people that the theory is that it's just, you know, a lot of people are. It's just not really that bad, and why are we why are we tiptoeing around it at this point? And then you got the other side of the fence that thinks it's, you know, we're nuts for opening up anything. So I, I don't know. Time's going to tell who was right and who was wrong, I guess. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't um, really know. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff, I know you can only be here for a limited time and we got a couple things we need to talk about, but first let's take a quick pause here for our man, Stephen P. New, who, uh, if you're on Twitter, you know what? Just go follow Stephen P. New on Twitter. You'll thank me. Enjoy it. You, you will thank me for doing it. But, uh, Stephen P. New is a great lawyer, sponsor of the show. Great man. We love him. And uh, he'll help you out of a jam anytime. Here's some more from New Law Office. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling one 800 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. 
a new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. The good people at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, bringing you all the best in Atomic Atomic Comics and Collectibles. Check them out for any kind of nerd kingdom that you're building. It's a paradise for collectibles. Head over there now. They've got a little bit of everything from pro wrestlers to comics to Funko Pops, anything. Go check them out. And I'm constantly sharing their stuff as much as I can. So go check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles and check out Stephen P. New, two great sponsors here on Wide Men Can't Jump. All right. Uh, Tim, are, are you still with us? Uh, I'm still here. Still here. All right, Jeff's with have it. Jeff, let's let's talk about let's talk about Sunday. Uh, NASCAR returns because it's the only sport still going uh, to Bristol, Bristol Motor Speedway. And for, I'm an old school racing fan. I remember the days of you know. For, well, I wouldn't say old school, but I was a fan growing up. Of I was a Jeff Gordon fan. I remember Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Burton, Terry Labonte. Bill Elliott, those guys. Okay. Bristol is always a fun track. Always. It is. It's and, the fastest half mile in the world. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that, that race had a hell of a finish on Sunday. If you're into racing, uh, that was a good one. That was a fun one to see. You just, you just never know what can happen there. Really at any of them, but really that it's all, it, well, uh, this Bristol one, seems like it always has controversy. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it's because it's such a small track and it's so it's so high arcing on the curves. Uh, it's not a super speedway. You're not going to see guys hitting 200 miles an hour, but you know it's a, it's a small track, so there's not as much room. Uh, it's the second shortest track on the circuit, Martinsville being the shortest. Um, but man, I mean, it is a it is a hell of a time to watch that race because. It, the track position battling, the lap traffic, the wrecks, you know, the controversy. Bristol, man, it's got it all. Yeah, you know, as you say, that, uh, once the race starts, you're like 15 laps of the leaders, 15 laps in, and he's already uh, lapping guys. Like, uh, it's so quick around there. So, uh, you're right, it is. The track position is always key there at the end, and a lot of times you got to bump and nudge your way to uh, 
get in position and uh, have some luck go your way. And as Brad Keselowski, you know, he was kind of oh boy. <laughs> yeah, he was One in the right place. Fell right in the lap. Himself in that position <clears throat> to be lucky. So I think, I think Brad Keselowski's just drives around waiting, hoping there's going to be an accident or something in front of him so he can get another win. <laughs> I hope it works. <laughs> People so saw far. the vulture right now. So <laughs> vulture The wins, vulture Keselowski, so. I like it. But, I mean, <laughs> I watched it Sunday. I just caught the end of it. And um, Keselowski is in third. Chase Elliott and uh, it was Chase Elliott and Joey Logano. And Denny Hamlin was the ones that were way out front uh, for right. this one. Denny Hamlin just, I, he gets kind of, it looks like he got bumped, but he didn't. He got loose. Uh, yeah. He goes up and hits the wall. They hit a caution. And then you have Logano and Chase Elliott who come out of the restart. And there, and there's like, what, three, is it green-white check or what, no? Well, there was about five. Maybe a little more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they restart there. There's about five left. Logano and Elliott are battling for position. And then both of them just, like, Logano doesn't give Elliott a lot of room. Elliott goes down. He goes too fast into the corner. He gets loose. He hits Logano. They both fly up into the wall. They wreck. Keselowski's riding third. He just slips on past everybody. And he ends up winning the race. <laughs> it's just like, if you would have told me when Keselowski was running fourth with five laps to go, he would win the race, I'd have called you crazy. But yet, right. there it was. Well, and something that it really helped him with about 40 laps ago, there was a caution. There was like 18 of them. But uh, yeah. being at Bristol. Oh, uh, Bristol. Uh, he went in and took a chance, lost some track position. To He put some uh, left side tires on to get some more grip. And he actually... And when Hamlin had his trouble, he he worked himself up from like twelfth, thirteenth up to fourth in like four, thirty-five laps. So uh, he made a decision to pit and kind of put him in good position. I'm sure he wouldn't have thought, "Hey, I got a chance to win this race." But in Bristol, you just never know. You never do, and and that's the crazy part about the whole thing is you don't know and. It was a fun race, honestly. I think that's a track I think they need to go to more. I know everybody likes the super speedways. And, you know, Talladega, Daytona, I love. But, man, we need some more Bristols in the world because Bristols may be one of the most fun races that you'll see all year. Um, let's, let's not forget that Logano also goes over to get in Elliott's face, realizes yeah. he doesn't have a mask on, goes back and gets a mask. Then comes back. <laughs> I'm going to fight this him, guy, but I'm not the taking the chance. <laughs> comes back and gives him the business afterwards, which I thought was kind of humorous in a weird sort of way. <laughs> well, my whole anyway. thing with it is they didn't really look angry at one another. I mean, maybe they were. I don't know, but they he looked like they were just having to, a conversation. He told him he wanted to be a man and apologize when you did something wrong. And, he, he, and he, he, I guess he did eventually say that Elliot did say it was his fault. So, I didn't um, see it as that though. I didn't see it as his fault. No. Did you, well, Jeff? I'm just... I well, you know when Logano, uh, he came up when he made his pass. I guess if you call it that, he kind of came up in Elliott's line and kind of blocked him off. Or uh, it wasn't necessarily a clean pass. It's just like you said. It's at the end of the race. They're both going to do what they got to do, and then. Elliot did uh, drive in too deep into that turn. He lost it, and 
you know, my thing with Logano is, is you know, he's he's re- he's hit people the last four or five years, like Hamlin and uh, Tony Stewart. He's <laughs> went to battle with Kenseth. Uh, he uh, to get the championship four there when he won the championship a couple of years ago, to get in the last last four drivers have a chance to win the championship in the last race. He had to win to get in, and he on the last lap at Martinsville, he I mean he dive bomb into Martin Truex Jr. Uh, knocked him out of the way to win the race, and more or less got him in the championship four. He went on to win the championship, but it's hard for me to like see him hey uh, go over to be, or Chase Elliott not Bill go over to Chase Elliott and say. Hey man, you know what's going on? How come you're racing me this hard? Or uh, uh, be a man and stuff when he's never really uh, admitted to anything or whatever. Uh, like, and sorry to people. I just like when he won this championship. I, I did what I had to do. And, and uh, but yeah, anyways, that's my uh, thing. Is, it is he what seems it is. like the kind of guy who can he can dish it out, but he can't take it. But you know what? I don't blame him for doing what he had to do to win a championship. I right, mean, that's right. that's kind of been our theme here the past few weeks on the show is. Guys doing what they need to do to to win and having that killer right. instinct and right. but the problem is when it gets done to them how do they respond and it seems as though Logano is uh, he he don't care to do it but he don't want nobody to do it to him right I, I don't I, you know I don't have a problem with Logano at all I, I mean he he races hard or whatever and just like I said he does makes things interesting but you know don't go to when you do the same stuff over the last few years to get, do what you had well, to do don't get on to but i know it's a well again that's a that's a natural that sounds like a wrestling heel and we talked about how nascar needs that and if joey right, logano is. is willing to be the guy that everybody hates then uh, i'm okay with that i mean if logano goes over there and they start going to blows i mean i mean they're going to be the talk of the <laughs> but even though they didn't go to the blows they still were kind of a talk sports <laughs> yeah. center and it looks so, silly because there they were in their masks, and I'm like, are they mad at each other? Or are they exchanging banana bread recipes? Like, I can't <laughs> tell. Because it's like, you assume they're mad, but with the masks, the masks on, you're not getting the, you know, the, the normal tone, the body language that you would normally see. But, you know, I thought it was a fun race. I, yeah, usually it's the other way around, guys, because, uh, like you said, usually Logano's the... Hill, and but this, here's the NASCAR's most popular driver, Chase Elliott. His dad, Billy Elliott, was like one of he won. He's got the record. He's got Dale Jr. by one. He's got like 16 or 17 most popular driver awards. And Chase, if he can race long enough, he's probably going to break it. Uh, but everybody, I mean, but for him to do that, but you know, he races. It's really odd. People were talking about on TV not too long ago that Dale Earnhardt Jr. kind of raced more like Bill Elliott. And now here's Chase Elliott. He's kind of races hard like. Dale Earnhardt Sr., you know. Yeah. So, uh, they're kind of opposite of their father, and, you know. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. That's, that's, that's interesting that, uh, that it would come down to that. But, all right, look, Jeff, we've only got you, what, another half hour or so, give or take? Yeah, yeah I'll try to stay uh, on us. All day. right, well, Tim has prepared some... Uh, some trivia for us and uh you know jeff you're you're like uh under you were almost completely undefeated and then this brock lesnar had to roll through and break your streak at, at trivia oh. mania and WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> yeah i guess i'm gonna have to wow. come back to the dead tonight <laughs> and so 
this week, there's a chance to redeem yourself. Now, again, we talked about Tim was going to put together the ultimate uh, Jeopardy kind of thing, but that's not this week. Tim, are you still wanting to do that next week? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. Well, we went from a, yeah, we'll do it in two weeks to a, eh, who knows? Well. So, eh, who knows? <laughs> just like everything else in the world, it's kind of up in the air. All right, well, we're ho- hopefully it'll happen. If not, oh, well, we warned you. All right, so, Tim, uh, you go ahead and, and lay it out here, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do here. A little trivia so, uh, contest. How are we doing this? Are we keeping score? Is that what we're doing? Oh, well, if you don't keep score, what's the point if you don't keep score? Okay, fair enough. Are you ready? Gentlemen, start your engines. Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, you can bet your ass I'm flipping a, that and I'm going to yeah, use that as a sound effect. Like you, can, you can put in all kinds of places for other things. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, you know, fill in the blank for a female. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> that was great. All right, go ahead, Tim. All right, the category for the for the first uh, phase of the trivia is uh, uh, NFL rookie records. Oh shit! I mean, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Nate, you got to go first last week. I believe is that correct? I, I think so. Maybe so, I don't know. Uh, Who cares? And you're the champion anyway, so you don't, you got to go second. So All right, losers Jeff, take you, out. Jeff, to you, who holds the NFL rookie record for most passing yards in a season? Hmm. Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, it is. I have a guess. I will give you a hint. It happened in this century. Well, good you told me that. Bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. NFL rookie passing yards record. I have a guess. I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. That would be incorrect. Nathan, over to you. I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. That will also be incorrect. The record ah. is Andrew Luck ah, in 2012, okay. 4,374 yards. Moving on. Okay. I, I mean, it's oh, a good question. Most of these, yeah, most of these are guys, most of them are going to be names you know. There, there's no crazy ones where, you know, Billy Hackenschmidt from 1847, none of that stuff. So, anyway. <laughs> um, Nathan, rookie yeah. record for most touchdown passes in a season. There have been two. I'll take either one. Hmm. Most touchdown passes as a rookie. Huh. Well, you you would think Andrew Luck would be one. So I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Well, you would be incorrect. I'll be damned. Jeff. Um... How about Peyton Manning? That is correct. Yeah, man. Okay. Peyton Manning in 1998 and Russell Wilson in 2012. Both through oh, 26. Wow. 
Twenty-six. Nice. All right. Uh, moving All on. All right. One nothing, Jeff. Nice. All right. It's back who to Jeff. Holds the, oh, Jeff. Who holds the rookie record for rushing yards in a season? Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Couple names come to mind on this one. Hmm. It is a tough one. It is. Very tough. <laughs> uh, how about Jamal Lewis? Wow, that was a that was a name. Uh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Um, I'm gonna go with two. There's like three names in my head right now. I'm gonna go with Barry Sanders. Yeah, that's a good guess, and that's who I thought it was. But no, it's Eric Dickerson. Ah, Dickerson. Okay. That's back there. Then, that's 19, 1983, so that's back there. None of the there. names I was thinking were <laughs> were the correct answer then. All right, and just to be fair, we'll throw in a defensive question. Nathan. Yeah. Who holds the rookie record for sacks for the season? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. You're always giving me the. If you get it right, I want his height and his weight. Sheesh, that's tough. Rookie record for sacks. I wouldn't have got this. No, I would have missed entirely on this one. Oh man. Oh. Rookie record for sacks. Would it be um? Brian Erlacher? No, it wouldn't be. Okay. Jeff? Uh, Picked a bear for you, Bogus. (laughs) Boy, (laughs) we were a lot better last week. (laughs) Yeah, I know football's not the strong point, but one of the... Wait till we get to baseball. Oh God! <laughs> Shoot me! I'm gonna say Derek Thomas. Uh, so, uh, beep. Sorry, uh, Javon Curse, fourteen and a half ah. sacks in 1999. I wouldn't. Have, right, I wouldn't guess him, but it makes sense. All right. So we're still what one nothing for one Jeff, nothing Jeff. One last one for football. Okay. Who holds the rookie single season record for passer rating? Hmm. Who's that to, me or you, Nathan? That's you. Uh, be you, Jeff, sorry. Um. Huh. I'm assuming there's a minimum here on number of passes. No, like QB rating. I know, but like 
can't have a guy come in and go one for one and then never throw again the rest of the year. Uh, you okay, know? Yeah, no, I'm sure there, okay. there was anyway. Yeah, no, this is it's somebody you know. So okay, okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not some four stringer who got into <laughs> one game and threw a pass with a 12 seconds left on the clock. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, it's like ah, yeah, I know. Um, probably uh, who he said earlier, uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, incorrect, David. Hmm. Rookie passer rating. Um, trying to think here. Uh, trying to think who would be accurate. Um, well, he, he didn't start when he was a rookie. Um, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chad Pennington. Incorrect, and you and you know why you couldn't get it because you're a hater. The record is held by none other than Dak Prescott. Uh, really? Wow. A one hundred four point nine rating in twenty sixteen. So there. I Take I would and, not have guessed that. No, that's why. <laughs> that's why I picked the question because I knew you'd never get it because you would. Be I would have never. It, it makes sense. It makes sense when you hear it, but at the same time, it's like oh, I can't be All that right. dumb. So that's it for football. Let's move into we got a couple of basketball ones. After a, a fantastic showing in football, <laughs> Jeff leads one to nothing. Yeah, it's a so, uh, Nathan, to you, who is the okay. uh, youngest player to lead the league in scoring? So not necessarily a rookie, just the youngest player. Youngest player to lead the league in scoring. Um... I'm going to go with, uh, how about LeBron James? All statistics provided by Wikipedia, so if it's wrong, it's on them. I hate um, to guess. Is, that is incorrect. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Will Chamberlain. Yeah, I, that would have been my guess, but it wasn't. Kevin Durant. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. In, in, yeah, 2000, in 2009, led the league in scoring by averaging 30.1 points per game. Yeah, he was young. I forget how he young was 20, he was when he came out. He was 21. Yeah. He, he huh. played one year at Texas and then came out. So that's, yeah, I mean, okay. All right. To Jeff. Who is the youngest player to lead the NBA in rebounding? Mmm. Rebound. Rebounding average. Oh, okay. So a per game average, okay. Correct. Hmm. Youngest I got a guess. I got a guess here. How about Tim Duncan? Sorry, that would be a good guess, but incorrect. Nate. I'm going to say uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, that would be a good guess, too, but also incorrect. Dwight Howard. Wow. 14.2 rebounds per game during the 07-08 season. While playing for the Orlando Magic. I wouldn't have guessed he was 22 years old. Some of the guys you would think of probably are eliminated because if they stayed in college for more than two or three years, they're already that old, right? So they don't make it. All right, here's one just for the crazies out there. 
That's back to me. Nate, who is the youngest player to ever score 60 or more points in a game? Ooh. 60 or more? Yes. That would be um, Devin Booker. That is correct. Yeah, wow. he had 71. He scored 71 versus the Phoenix or versus Boston when he was 20 years old. I think he helped me win the NBA championship that year. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think he did in our fantasy basketball league. <laughs> and, and a bonus question? No points, but a bonus question for either of you. Who's the uh, oldest player to score more than 40 points? Yeah, Kobe would have been my guess. That would be incorrect. Michael Jordan is the only guy to score more than 40 and the only person to score more than 40 and be older than 40. I figured it would be one of the two. I should have went with first instinct. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. eh? More more fodder for that goat thing. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, Okay, where are we at now? 2-1, Nate? No, 1-1. 1-1. One, one. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't know where are we at now, Jeff? Back to Jeff. Back to Jeff. All I got right. the Devin Booker question right. Who is the youngest player to debut in the NBA? Ooh. Ooh. And this, again, is not old. It's somebody you, you at least would have heard of the name. He's not a nobody. So don't you don't have to dredge your history from... Hmm. The youngest player to debut. Yeah. Um, I never would have got this. Hmm. I'll say Jermaine O'Neal. Incorrect. Maven. Ooh. Youngest player. Youngest player. I don't know. Jermaine O'Neal is a good guess. Uh, the next guy that comes to my mind would be Kevin Garnett. I'm gonna go with Garnett. Sorry, Andrew Bynum. Huh. Oh, okay. Was eight, yeah, was 18 years old in six days in his first game. Wow, he Man. was a baby, baby Bynum. He was. That was back in 2005. All right, uh, he was drafted when he was 17. That's, un- that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Shoot, he went through all of training camp at 17. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, off of the, the bat to baseball. A couple quick baseball ones. Uh, right. Back to me. Who holds the major league record for home runs by a rookie? Sweet Jesus. <laughs> well, remember again, I have I have picked I things that, where the names are not. Yeah, yeah. Totally insane. Where you're going, you won't go. I never heard of the guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, as a rookie, man. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go with uh, Jason, Jason Giambi. Incorrect, Jeff. Um. Well, it used to be Mark McGuire, I believe. But I think it's um, it's one of two people. One guy from the Mets last year, I think he had a he had a really good chance at it. I think he either 
Alonzo. I think Aaron Judge has it. Well, you were, that's your final answer? We might have to go uh, to the record books for this one. To what? According to, well, according to Wikipedia, it's still Mark McGuire. So. Mm. Hold on hit, one second. Did the guy, I, did I the guy hit, Aaron Judge did he, did he hit 50? Yeah. Hold on, I'm looking. Hold on. We're calling in the judges. Uh, Most home runs as a rookie belongs to Pete Alonzo. Oh, crap. How many did he hit? The Mets first. I think think he broke it last No, no, no. That's that's an NL rookie record. I I apologize. Okay, Okay. yeah. I was going to say, that can't be right. Yeah, I apologize. He actually at least uh, he he hit fifty three. So oh, he really? probably is. Well, Wikipedia, yeah. Tim, you to hell. All right, well then that are so we're giving is that a point for Jeff? Is that a point for no, Jeff? Well, Jeff went with Aaron Judge. Judge. Yeah, because oh, Aaron Judge Aaron had Judge. Aaron Judge had it until last year. Yeah, Mark McGuire so had it. All right. Okay. Mark McGuire had forty nine in eighty seven, and then Judge had it in twenty seventeen with fifty two, and then Pete Alonso broke it last year with fifty three. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Juiced. I knew he was close. I just couldn't remember if he broke it. Juiced ball all three times, but anyway. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to hit 50 home runs in your rookie season. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that part, uh, McGuire had 33 at the break. <laughs> yes, you did. Off. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly it. All right, uh, let's hope this – well, this next one I think is indisputable. Uh, we're at Nate's. Still 1-1. One, one. Hey, it's back to Ooh. Jeff. Are we back to Jeff now? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You answered first. Okay. Who holds the record for uh, rookie RBIs? Rookie RBIs. And this better be right. Or there's going to be a letter going off to uh, Wikipedia. Um, I'm going to say uh, Pujols. Uh, nope. Sorry. Uh, now you can. Oh, you can't. Yeah, never mind. Uh, Nate, we'll have to fact check this one. Uh, okay. Um, mm, Pete Rose. No. According to this, it was Ted Williams. All right, rookie RBIs. How many do you have? 145. That's probably right. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. I think Pujols maybe had like 130 maybe or something his rookie season. Uh, 145 is a pretty lofty number, but... Uh, I, th- I think I think that's right. It was, yeah, it was, we'll go with that. Weird, it was in 1939. That's what's weird. All right, so we're, we're, we're tied at one after the... Uh, uh, and then for the tiebreakers, we're going to the world of wrestling. Yes. Oh Lord. <laughs> so going to the world of wrestling for a couple. I gotta find one hard enough for Nate though. Because <laughs> some of these are too easy. All okay. right, Nate. Okay. Well, like uh, Jeff will Jeff will have a uh, have a chance to tie because it's wrestling. Okay. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> which I want to eat it. <laughs> superstar said the following. I am not the biggest, I am not the strongest, but I'm damn sure the toughest. Ooh. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, but I'm damn sure the toughest. Ooh, that's a good one. 
Thank you. That's a good one. Uh, hmm. That is a, a really good one. Um. Hmm. I keep wanting to say Terry Funk, but I know that's not right because Terry Funk would never com- talk in complete sentences like that. I'm, I'm racking my brain here. This 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 has got to be more. This has got to be more current because I would remember something like that because that's a good promo. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. I'm talking my way through it. Damn it. Not Shawn Michaels. Uh oh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. That is correct. Okay. I think, oh. you, I think you might have been looking it up, but anyway. Um, I will bullshit. We're gonna give uh, we're gonna give Jeff a shot, though. Of course, that's fine. That is a good question. That's a tough. That's a tough question. Which of the following championships has John Cena never held? Hmm. The Intercontinental Championship, the U.S. Championship, the WWE Tag Team Championship, or the WWE World Tag Team Championship. There's two tag champions. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. Just uh, that's just a brand con- thing. Consider them one. Consider them one and the same. Yeah. It, yeah, but that's that's the question. So I'll just reading it as it is. Uh, the U.S. Championship. Oh, so close. The Intercontinental. Oh, never so held close. that one. Never held that one. Nate. He had that U.S. spinner belt when he won it back at Mania 20. For the for the bonus prize, Nick. Okay. Who is the youngest WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Of all time? Of all time. Okay, hold on. Let me walk my way through this. Because it was... Le- to answer the question. Oh, fuck off. I gotta remember. <laughs> oh, no, man. <laughs> Don't say it. Uh, youngest champion. Uh, it was Lesnar, and then it was Orton in 04. I remember that, because Orton was younger than Lesnar. I'm going through it now to see who might be younger than Orton. Um, the youngest champion. Because Orton was 24 when he won it. I don't think anybody else. I'm going to go with Orton. Well, you know, you might have to fact check this one, although I'm on WWE Trivia Challenge. They say Brock Lesnar. Lesnar was, but... And then it was Orton. Was it Hornswoggle? Oh, Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay, okay. Lesnar oh, was... did you blow it? No, I got... It's, it's right, but it's not right at the same time. Lesnar's the youngest WWE championship. Orton won the world oh, championship. Oh, okay. And Orton won it at... Orton won it at 24. And okay, he won quick, the world yeah. championship. Not questions, but just for your edification. Youngest Divas champion, Paige. Paige, I, I knew that one. Youngest Cruiserweight champion, 
Ray Mysterio. Horn? Oh, really? I thought it'd be Hornswoggle. 21? Well, that's what it says. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah Mysterio, Mysterio. If you're counting WCW, then yes. Youngest World Tag Team Champion. This oh, is that WWE. would be... Uh, don't tell me. Um, Rene Dupree. One, two, three, kid. 21 years old. Oh, bullshit. Rene Dupree was 19 when he won the tag title. I'm just telling you what WWE says. So you take it up with Vince. You got a problem. I will. I'll call him. Well, it was the Quebecers they were fighting. According to this. And I'll put that one and, up. Him and Gennetti. Correct. All right, hold on here. Youngest, oh, wait, actually, we're all wrong. Nicholas. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about him. Yeah, I said youngest wrestler, not youngest okay. bullshit. According to this, crap. according to this, world tag, of course, okay, it's another one of those bullshit questions. He was a world tag team champion, not the WWE tag team champion. But Rene Dupree was 19 years old when he won the, when the tag titles. All right, fair enough. I was right. Okay, let's go to the the, the, the end-all one. According to WWE. Oh, no, 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 see. Who's the youngest champion they've ever had? And how old were they? Notice how I didn't <laughs> say wrestler. If you count youngest champion, be Nicholas. He was 10 years old. Yeah, Nicholas was 10. Was 10. <laughs> what nonsense. So stupid. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Bate was only 19 when he won the United Kingdom Championship. Yeah, yeah, he was 19 when he won the UK because uh, his uh, finisher at the time was the Tiger Driver, or is the Tyler Driver 97, which was the year he was born. Well, Nate, what you know about wrestling is somewhat embarrassing. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree 100%. All right. Here's, one a trivia question. Here's a trivia question for Jeff Who was the Final Four of the 1992 Royal Rumble? Um, let's see. Well, of course, Flair. Yep. Hogan. Yep. J- Justice. Yep. And Macho Man. Correct. Good Lord. <laughs> you had another Maybe one? Maybe Austin went out first. Maybe Austin did go out first. What color socks was he wearing, Jeff? Maybe yeah. He had boots on. There you go. Vroom vroom. All right. This one this one is an over under question. Okay. The longest reigning women's uh, champion of course is the uh, fabulous Mula. Was her reign yeah. over or under 10,000 days? Uh, let's see. She held it for. They didn't revive it until '98. She won it as Spider Lady in 1984. Fly it. Hold on. 14 years. She was. Well, actually, no. They brought it back. It was 10 years. They brought it back in '94 with Alondra Blaze. Um. So, 10 years, 365 times 10, so it would be over, over 10,000 days. It was According to them, it was over, but only 10,170 days, according to WWE. 
Yeah. Because yeah, she wanted right. a spider. She did the screw job with Wendy Richter as Spider Lady. And then she, basically the women's division actually. Well, I take it back. It, it, it was around for a while. And then she won it back from uh, Sensational Sherry in Survivor, like p- post Survivor Series 87. The belt was kind of just went away. And then Alundra Blaze came in, which was Medusa, and she won it and all that. And then it went away again after a while. Yeah. And then they brought uh, it back with Miss Jackie. One more quick one, and then Nate will have to give us the answer, because I don't know. Okay. Um, which of the following WWE stars is not billed as being from parts unknown? <laughs> the oh Boogeyman, the Berserker, okay, uh-huh. Giant Gonzalez, or Kane? Uh-huh. Now, I looked, at, I looked at the answer and went, all right, then where did they bill him from? Because... I don't recall. I would assume with Kane, they they said he was from Death Valley. Almost thought he was from hell. (laughs) He he was the Undertaker's brother, though. He's the Undertaker's brother. Undertaker's from hell, so by no, no, no. Undertaker is billed from Death Valley. Straight from hell. He's always coming from hell. They say it every two seconds. So is Kane the answer? I'm assuming it is. It isn't. The answer is Boogeyman. So if it is Boogeyman, where the hell did they bill him from? I don't know. Hold on. Let me look that up. If it ain't parts unknown. (laughs) Maybe under your bed or I don't know. (laughs) Uh, That's parts unknown pretty much. You're telling me. (laughs) Uh, Boogeyman billed from the bottomless pit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So I didn't know that. There you go. Something there I didn't is. know. First ever WrestleMania match. Tito Santana versus the... Uh, shit. Uh, Tito Santana versus the Exterminator, who was actually Playboy Buddy Rose under a mask. Wrong. Oh, I love it. Wrong. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. You talking about the dark match? No. It was Tito Santana versus the Executioner. Executioner, damn it. Wrong. Oh, Nate Bush, fail. But it was Playboy Buddy Rose under a mask. Could be. I'm not going to argue that. No, it was. (laughs) I know that. Oh, I love when you get Executioner with Terry Gord for the six. All right, forget uh, I can't answer. (laughs) And Jeff's just like, what have I fallen into? (laughs) Terry Gordy, you haven't heard that one in a while. Probably since Edge brought him up. Oh, man, that was terrible. (laughs) Uh, I do want to bring something up real quick before we let Jeff go and me and Tim take off here. Uh, There was, uh, I did, I read earlier on um, that Luke Keekley has uh, officially uh, on the retired list now. So Luke Keekley no longer in the NFL. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that played in Carolina. Was a hell of a linebacker. Like, he was really good. But still relatively young. Like, 29, I think, is how old he is. 29 years old. He followed yeah. in the footsteps of his brother, Matthew and Mark. But John's still in the league. Yeah, like, he retires at 29. Was one of the best linebackers in the league. I'd say he had more than a couple of good years left in him. Is that uh, what is it? 
Did that joke go right by you? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I got <All> right. it. <laughs> <laughs> I said he, he followed in the footsteps of his brothers, Matthew and Mark. Oh, but John Jesus. Is, but John is still oh. in the league, and you said yeah. You're throw. I'm just. Are you throwing the gospels at me right now? Good oh, lord. Well, West Virginia, I figured you'd know. Well, I do. I just wasn't paying attention to your ass. But anyway. <laughs> oh, Score man. One. Score one for the bad guy. Uh, say goodbye to the bad guy. Huh. Hey, yo. But, yeah. Hey, yo. No, I mean. I don't know. Do you guys think that maybe he he should have stayed around longer? Do you think he had more of a more uh, of a future in the league? What do you think? Wait and see. There, there's probably more to that story. Well, I know there's the the worries of CTE. I know a lot of people talk yeah. about that. With the you know, this was a guy who who he may have had some some issues with CTE and and all that, and he's wanting to. All the power to him if he was smart enough to get out before he got his bell rung. I mean, I can't argue that. I mean, if you're – and he made – I mean, God, he made money. Don't get me wrong. He, he was one of the best players that the Panthers had, and he was fantastic. He was really the anchor of their defense. Um, just hard to believe that at such a young age to, to get out of football when – so many people are, are looking at it like, you know, they think they can go forever. This guy just said, I'm done. Um, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time all, five All-Pro, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year in 2013, won the Art Rooney Award in 2017, three-time Dick Buckus Award, two-time led the NFL in tackles, Defensive Player, Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, 2010 All-Decade Team, uh, PFWA All-Rookie yeah. Team, I mean, this is just insane, the number of uh, awards this guy won. He had 1,092 tackles. Didn't you win the Kiss Award, Denise? Oh, shut up. I think you you hold the record for that, I believe. uh, Yes, yes, I do. Of course. Jesus. (laughs) I hate you. I think maybe that there's just so much more knowledge about this uh, CTE and these guys are a little bit, you know, frightened about how many times has he had his bell rung. You know, by meaning saying that by with like concussions or whatever. Uh, yeah. The lifespan uh, in the league is just a lot shorter than it uh, well, now than it has been for a lot of these that particular position. And so, especially if you, regardless of what position, if you get hit hard enough, you know. Let's not forget you can also unretire real fast if you. <laughs> if Tom Brady calls, you know. <laughs> you know wrong, it, baby. It's, it's hardly the first time somebody's retired and then changed their mind or whatever the case may be, and it's happened before, it'll happen again. No, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. And if you picked a good time, if you're going to sit a year, this would probably be a good year to do it with all this crap going on and, and all the worry, which it looks like, as of right now, fingers crossed, we're going to get football, but uh, you never know. We're going to get uh, basketball and hockey both. Uh, hockey's going to have 24 teams. And, uh, yeah. I, I yeah, think in hockey there's a bigger opportunity for, like, your 11-12 seeds to 
possibly move on <laughs> past some of the you know just oh, like yeah. you say, hey, you could have a twelve five upset very easily. Somebody can oh, sneak yeah. out out of hockey really. That's not even a question mark. Usually happens anyway, at least once. Especially if it's like a short series too. Did uh, you happen to mention to uh, Jeff the that NFL story I was telling you about, Nate? I don't believe I did. Go ahead. About the, uh, the the NFL reminding black coaches that they'll get their chance once the league runs out of Gruden's and Shanahan's. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Jeff didn't pop for that. I'm surprised. Come on! It's an onion article, Jeff. Come on! Not real. <laughs> Hmm. Somebody needs to slap Jeff in the back of the head. He's stuck. <laughs> He's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> if we offended anybody with that, uh, you need to get thicker skin because that was funny. <laughs> well, the Onions got good stuff this week. They, they also have the 11 greatest sports moments made possible by PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love the onion. That's for sure. That that's good stuff as always. Um, how, about, uh, how, how about NCAA wonders why financially struggling student athletes just don't exploit the labor of others? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's a good one. That's a good oh, one. Gotta love the onion. This one's gonna take the cake, and it's relevant. Roger Goodell insists that Martin Luther King Jr. would have won a 17-game football season in front of full stadiums. <laughs> that sounds like Goodell. That not, I feel like that's a real headline from Roger Goodell. It wouldn't surprise me. He puts his foot halfway down his throat every other time. Who, who's, more, who's more unlikable, Goodell or uh, Bud Selig? I feel like it may be Goodell. I think the only problem that people had problems with Sea uh, League, well, was not letting Pete Rose back in, but uh, like in the All Star But the thing was, though, after Sea League went out, it came out that Rose uh, came out and said that he he lied. So who's just but I I mean the All Star game was it was a bad was a bad thing, but like he, I think he let he the All Star game end in a tie. Yeah, I mean, I think, and then he made the uh, overreact a little bit with he wanted to make the All Star Game relevant by saying, "Well, if you're gonna, or if we're gonna have people leave, and not play." So I think A Rod left during the third or fourth inning of the game that they did tie. Uh, then, well, whoever wins uh, is going to get home field advantage, which was kind of a mistake. But I guess he was so embarrassed by what happened that he wanted to mean something. But so, was that uh, a bad idea? I mean, that's my argument here. Was that such a bad idea? Uh, they used to just, well, it's better than what they used to do. I think used to, they just used to rotate each year, regardless of your record. Like the, like the 1991, uh, the AL had it. Then 92, the NL had it. Then they would, they didn't even go by record. Now, and I think they should have went to the best record when they went to interleague play because they're playing – you know they don't play every division, but they play uh, one of the divisions, and, and then and they'll play like like Kansas City will play St. Louis every year. Uh, they'll play rivals. The White Sox will play the Cubs, or Yankees will play the Mets. But uh, I, I mean, he did some good things like wild card ex- playoff expansion and things like that, and 
but I don't know. Uh, he gets a little mud for the whole steroid thing because he constantly said he wanted to get rid of PEDs. He does the Mitchell Commission or report or whatever it was that finds that uh, Major League Baseball and the clubs and the players are all guilty. And Bud goes, yeah, no, that ain't going to work for me. And, <laughs> and they move on from it like it never happened. So, like the Warren Commission. <laughs> the magic baseball. Well, I mean, but let's be honest here. When you look at the All-Star game, I don't watch any All-Star games, whether it be baseball, football, basketball. I don't watch it. I don't enjoy them. Now, the the, NF, the NBA All-Star game, they made interesting this year. Um, maybe make you want to tune in, which we covered on our Elam ending episode where we talked to uh, Mr. Elam, who, who came up with, you know, the Elam ending, uh, that, which was a fun conversation. But at the same time, it's like, if the All-Star game is just for players to go out there and kind of dick around and have fun, which, hey, they're allowed to have fun. I'm not mad about it. But are we going to tune in for that when nobody wants to win? Nobody cares who wins. It's like, oh, do a dunk. I want to see that. I want to see some competition. Like, I remember back in the 90s, the All-Star games were kind of fun to watch because they wanted to win. I, I don't know. I don't know what. Why I don't know what's changed. It's just they're not fun anymore. I think more people's worried about getting hurt uh, when they play hard. Like Pro Bowl used to be fun to watch, uh, and then the, the the baseball All Star game. I used to enjoy watching it. During, I mean, those guys played hard, played for pride, played for. But now it's more about uh, you know I don't want to get out there and do something to hurt my team down the stretch, or or you know these pitchers are pitching one inning each. Uh, which I can understand the grand scheme of stuff, uh, but at the same time they used to not care. Like you said, they used to be more fun. They, these guys would go out there and give everything they had, regardless. Well, I, and I understand why they they do protect themselves from getting hurt. I get that. Like I understand that because there's a lot of money involved on these guys. If they get hurt, I mean, there's a possibility that they're missing out. But there's a time where guys would get accepted to the NFL Pro Bowl and they just wouldn't go. And it, I don't know. It's just like a lot of guys look at it and they say, it's, it's just not worth it. It's not worth risking all this money. It's like it's an honor to be named, but it's almost like they just want a plaque that says, okay, you were an all-star. You were a pro bowler. You know, thanks for the yeah. plaque. Um, it's a bonus. You know, and, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and they get a bonus in their contract. They don't really care if they actually play or show up. I mean, are we looking at maybe an end to all-star games altogether maybe one of these days? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, well, I mean, is it possible? Yes. Do I see it happening? No, because well, they're gonna still dec- make they still make a lot of money. They But they may turn into like the hockey one is where it's not hockey anymore. They go three on three, and it's all just a, you know, it's like shitty. It's like a bunch of kids out playing on a pond. It's not serious in any way, shape, or form. Would anybody be mad if they had a huge game of 21 for basketball? <laughs> like, I think that would well, be kind of fun. I don't know that anybody would be mad, but I don't know that I'd bother to tune in to watch it. Well, uh, i tell you one thing they won't do again is suggest horse. Uh, that, oh. Also, Jesus. Uh, Jeff, the other reason Bud Selig is a turkey 
was uh, during the hurricane when he made the Houston play two of their home games in Chicago, or against Chicago, and he made them play Milwaukee, and they lost them both, and the uh, Brewers got in the wild card. Good old Bud. I don't know if, don't know if you remember <laughs> that, but well, but, you know all these move. All He's those things we can throw out there. All these things we can throw out there, but yet he's still not as bad as Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah, but does anybody like Roger Goodell? You know, guys, when he first came into the league, and uh, I thought he did some good things, but just over here, um, here and there, and over time, it just uh, totally, he, he kind of like bad in the baseball part of the game. He fails when it comes to do with anything else. Like, look at all the domestic stuff they've had go on. And they've totally just pushed that shit. Well, I mean, he's look at the Ray, Rice, the Ray Rice situation, you know. The Ray Rice situation where this guy gets completely, um, he's caught. He gets suspended, what, two games after domestic violence? And then, he, then once everybody sees the video, that's when they get... You know, they change their minds. It's like, look, did you need a video to prove what this dude just did? I don't know. I don't know. And then they they threw out, what, uh, Pac-Man, he got a whole year. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> I think he got eight games. Something yeah, he like got that. eight. Pac-Man, Pac-Man I felt like, I always felt like Pac-Man just got thrown out just for existing. He's kind of like the Rasheed Wallace to the NFL. He would just show up and, and there you go. It's, not, uh, it's like, oh, Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah, it's not that they threw him out. It's just there was no consistency in their suspensions and stuff. It just seemed to be. There wasn't. Just, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. And, yeah, I don't really care what I did to the last guy. It doesn't have to make Suspension sense. Suspension roulette, it kind of felt like. It was just spin the wheel and whatever it lands on. Spin the wheel, make the deal, Stinger. Uh, it would just land on, um, that's Jake Roberts, by the way, for you guys wondering at home. Um it would just land on whatever, and it would just be like, okay, we're getting rid of this guy for four games. You're suspended four games, sir. However, I think, and this is going to sound, this may sound wrong on my part, but Kareem Hunt, um, I think he got a little more than what um, he should have. Because he didn't, like, listen, I, I firmly believe that woman was trying to do that to him and was attacking him physically, and he was just trying to keep her off him. I yeah, did not the one have thing relations with that one. Well, the one thing he did wrong was he kicked at her after she was down. He shouldn't have done that. But yeah, he just kind of pushed was her. Probably icing on the cake. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. But uh, everything else I saw from him, I was like, you know, if some crazy ass bitch was coming at me like that, I, I don't know how I would, would react. What um, happened to the What happened to the guy who KO'd his wife in the elevator? Ray Rice blackballed. Never, never played again. He never played again. And he never I, will. How do y'all feel about Vontez Burfecht last year? I mean, I know he had a reputation for getting, uh, have some brutal hits, and uh, he's a piece of trash. He got suspended the whole. Se- I mean, the whole season last year. Uh, that dude. I don't is know the, he, he was the dirtiest. He was the dirtiest player in the NFL. And the reason I think he got what he got was based on reputation. And while that one hit may not have been, maybe they went over the line with the suspension if you're looking at one hit, uh, they're making up for years of what the crap that dude did. 
So you do you I think Goodell was right in that situation? I do actually. I'll, I'll give the Goodell credit. Montez Burfitt does not need to be on an NFL field. Dude is. I think he he's coming back. And then, how about the uh, what's the guy for the Browns? What was his name? His first pick that year, uh, last year when he took the, his helmet off. Oh, the off. dude that hit Rudolph with the helmet, Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah, Miles Garrett. That was. Uh, I think he that, got that's the whole season. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Um, even even his teammates said that he shouldn't have done that, and he shouldn't have. Uh, my whole thing, he says Rudolph called him a racial slur. Yeah, right. I can't confirm or deny that. I'm not on the field. Um, so, again, this is one of those he said, she said things. You can only go by what you see and what you hear. And all you could see was what he did. So, again, and, and that is that the right call? Maybe not, but it's the call that you have to go by because it's all the physical evidence that you got. You can say, well, he called me this or he said this to me or whatever. It's like, well, okay, he may have, but, again, unfortunately, we can't prove that. And there's, unless he was mic'd for that game, unless somebody else heard him, you're not going to be able to prove it. And, again, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's fact. You just uh, you remember that when your boy Sue steps on somebody's head this year and gets suspended. Um, listen, you can't tell me nothing about him. All right, whatever he does, he probably did it. <laughs> yeah, whatever he's accused of, yeah, he probably did it. Please. <laughs> he had nine. It was like that time Marcus Vick stepped on somebody's years. leg. It was like that time Marcus Vick stepped on somebody's leg. I think it was from Louisville. And uh, everybody was like, oh, what a dirty player, what a dirty player. And he was just, and I'm sitting there going, are, are you all new to the party here with Marcus? <laughs> I mean, it's the guy that robbed a McDonald's. Come on. Marcus Vick we're talking about here. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, so you think, yeah. So you think Goodell was right in the uh, Miles Garrett situation? I mean, I'm not going to say Goodell was wrong. I can't in, in this case. My thing with Goodell has just been he is just such a – recently he's done better, but in the past he's really not been good, in my opinion. He's been really – like Tim said, he's been kind of mixed bag on the suspensions and, you know, all these different things. And, again, like, I just – I don't know. The past few decisions I can – Agree with, but this one he's just—I don't know—he's just unlikable. He's got a face. Yeah, he, Goodell's got a face. He that came you just up yesterday hit. with that statement about the riots and all that stuff, and you read it and you go, "I don't know what he's trying to say. Is he for him? Is he against him? I—I I, I don't know. Like, come on, he's like Joe Biden. Man. Yeah, take it. <laughs> Not to get political, <laughs> I just mean. But I'm, but I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell knows where he is. Wow, that's a that's a step up from Biden, but again, not to get political. Well, didn't Joe say? Yeah, me neither. But didn't Joe say he was running for Senate the other day? I uh, probably. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's drugs that Joe's on or drugs he needs to be on. But nevertheless, it could be he's getting uh, older and just forgetful. Twenty twenty, we're screwed. There you go. That's my answer to everything. Uh, anyway, off of this, let's get off of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're still here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, I don't know how long you're all are going. Oh, you're you know welcome. What? As long as you Jeff want. Needs to hear, Nate. Jeff needs to hear that Bill Burr commentary on basketball. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm supposed to go down and see Jeff sometime between this week and next week. I won't yeah, have to do gotta, that. You gotta I'm swing down there. My Lord, was that hilarious? Yeah, that was good. I'll have to. I'll have to bring that down there too and let him hear it. Um, <laughs> um, let me let me ask this here. You know, we got all these different sports making a comeback. Um, and, and it, it's it's kind of a thing. I know the NBA with their release of, of the time of year when they're going to be a possible October end date. Do you think that this will be a thing the, the NBA does from now on, just start from now on in maybe December, January or so, and play until, I don't know, August, September? You know what's going to tell that, right? What's that? With everybody, with everybody you're going to have hockey, uh NBA, college football, NFL, you have all that stuff kind of competing. It's going to be ratings and advertising. It's going to decide yep. who does what going forward. And, and Tim, let me ask you. Go ahead, Jeff. I want to hear your your answer on that as well. But uh, Tim, check out the ratings for NASCAR this week. I want to see how they did. Okay, I can do that. Well, I mean, just like. NASCAR is doing these midweek races. This is they're just trying to. It's a good time to test some things that test the waters that yeah. they've never been able to test before. So, be interesting to see like the midweek races. Like, be interesting to see what basketball comes up. And of course, everything comes. You know, every decision is based off money. You know, who can, like you said, advertisement things like that. Who can uh, do what during this time period? And uh, people have always thought that. Basketball season was already too long. Uh, people's always thought, already thought the NASCAR season was too long. So the uh, NFL is uh, going more games, which people's kind of craving more vets um, on that end. But the baseball season's kind of, you know, people saying it's too long. 162 games, my gosh. Uh, that, that, to that me, that's ridiculous. Directors. All your records are going to be safely on down the road. But you think you're going to see that though with sports being gone? You think anybody's going to bitch this year about the season being too long? I'm still going to bitch about baseball being too long. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, but we just ignore baseball. We don't even 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 if they don't even if they don't play, I'm going to bitch that baseball season was too uh, long. NASCAR on Fox does a .44, which is 15th for the day, with three million viewers. I'm not sure what that is compared to what they would normally do. When was the race during the week? Wednesday? Yeah. Well, Did they do Seattle. one? To, are they doing one this week as well? No. no, this, no, Sunday, no. This time, uh, I didn't think they were. See, I believe next week, there. though, they are going to have a, mar- a race at Martinsville on Wednesday night. Yes. Yeah, so All right. Next week, I believe. Um, I like Martinsville. Wednesday, Good track. Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. Wednesday. What what network was it on on Wednesday? Fox. Okay, uh, so it was on FS1. Okay, I don't. Have, it must have been on. Okay, but FS1's a cable network, not a. Yeah, so that does affect. Not that a does network. affect it some. Uh, it was NASCAR did a. Hmm. 
Oh boy, not not seen it here. Well, hmm. I had to some kind of thing. I'm sure it did. Um, well, while you're looking for that, I do want to bring this up, uh, guys. I between, well, I won't want to say between 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 us and everybody that's listening. Uh, I honestly don't think we're going to have a baseball season this year. Honestly, I really don't. Too too far apart. Here's a quote from Chipper Jones. And, Jeff, I'll let you kind of dive into it. We talked a little bit about it earlier. 30 million people in America that are out of work right now don't want to hear about millionaire baseball players bitching because they're only going to get 25 or 30% of their salary this year. They don't want to hear that. Um, I see what he's saying. But at the same time, the um, you know I, I see where the players are coming from. Uh, so Jeff, you had kind of a you told me earlier about the baseball situation. Why do you think there won't be a, a season this year? Well, and really, to me, they're what both sides are wasting time. They are the uh, I agree. the owners. The owners proposed a eighty-two game schedule with like you talking about the pay cuts. Uh, the the bigger players that make so much money on only going to get twenty five percent, and uh, almost about the same amount as what some of the average players are getting right now. Uh, and then, of course, the players' union countered with a hundred fourteen game schedule, which that's a thirty two game difference. Uh, yeah, that's a, a big difference. A month, yeah, a little over a month difference. They're they're wanting to play right away. Uh, I mean, they would have 114 games. I mean, they would have to start playing right away. Uh, at some, I mean, with here between now and July 1st, they would have to be started or whatever. So, uh, that, I mean, I just and the money they're far apart on. It's almost like a re- reliving the 94-95 situation, 1994-1995 situation right now. Yeah, and uh, I feel like we say it every week. Baseball is slowly becoming baseball's worst enemy in this time because they are, if if anything, they are shooting themselves in the foot when they could be building an audience right now, an audience of people that may have left, but with no other sports on right now. And granted, baseball does have that time of year when they're they're the only thing on, uh, but there's nothing else, no other sports like. Shit, badminton, table tennis, both, you know, there's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Baseball yeah, could be building an audience. An oppor- yeah, they could be an opportunist right now. And, and kind of like NASCAR. Right, right. Uh, I just, they're just too far apart. And luckily for, you know, NASCAR, the drivers really aren't allowed to have a union or those NASCAR. They were back in the 60s, they had a, problem with that and a couple of the race car drivers that tried to start a union actually were banned uh some of the better ones uh from a, for a couple i think a couple years uh but sounds like walmart uh yeah so, <laughs> so, so i i just i think it's going to be very difficult there it seems like in the nba that the players and the owners want to have a season uh they're uh i mean to resume their season because well, got I the think that's the difference. They got to play. They got to play. Yeah, they've got to play most of their games already. Yeah, I think and that's the difference. If if this, I think every sports team, maybe not sports team, but I think every sport 
that got to play because NHL got most of their season, NBA got most of theirs. In, you know, the NFL they were they had perfect timing for theirs. They got everything. Um, the NBA wants to finish because now it's like okay, we made our money for the most part. We well, want to finish. Here's the thing too, Nathan. Well, if baseball doesn't have a season, well, people miss it. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not a fan. I, mean, so I, I enjoy wouldn't. watching it. They I might normally when there's no other sports on, but with everything else around them, they might not. Right. I mean, if basketball plays and, and then the NFL starts on time, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, the NBA is going to kind of go in their uh, baseball's playoff slot there for a while. Exactly. So. And you're going to end up looking at now the NBA may keep that as a new schedule. They may end up going right into baseball's playoff time and, and competing with them. And I'm sorry baseball fans, but the NBA is, in my opinion, the second most popular sport in this country, and honestly, probably the second most popular sport in the world, behind soccer. It's just the NBA is slowly turning into a global product. Uh, Kids in America are getting more and more interested in basketball, as opposed to baseball. And, you know, of course, football is king here in America, nothing will replace that anytime soon, but Basketball, especially the NBA, I mean, they're really getting popular. And if they go head-to-head with baseball come baseball's time of the playoffs, it could get interesting. And, you know, you may see, because baseball, October is for baseball was always the thing. That may not be the case anymore. Yeah, I agree. I'm worried. I mean, I'm... I've always liked baseball and like the history of it, just like about like everything else in sports. But uh, I, you know, I enjoy watching uh, every year. The play and the playoffs is always interesting. But uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Just they're just too far apart right now. And to me, their way, they uh, the, the owners knew that they were that the players were going to reject the 82 game proposal and the. Uh, the players knew that know that the owners are going to reject the 114 game proposal. So I guess yeah. maybe they're doing this. To, uh, they think this is progress, but you know I don't really look at it as progress yeah. if you're placing. You always you always get the age old struggle struggle of who can hold out the longest. Yeah. And sadly in baseball, uh, where they have a reputation, deserved or otherwise, of being. Uh, the owners are far too rich, and the pay- players are paid far too much. Um, eventually, fans just get tired of it, and they go, you know what? I don't care anymore. Yeah, bill- billionaires battling with millionaires is, especially at this time of, of the world, is kind of a tough pill to swallow for most people. And, and, and another thing... Oh, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Well, unless you're a hardcore... I mean, there there are hardcores, but generally speaking, a lot of people who might tune into a game on a Sunday afternoon or whatever probably aren't going to football or college sports or whatever else is going to be on. You're not watching baseball. Well, and another thing, this affects, you know, not just, you know, the the players and, and the owners and the fans, but, you know, I work in radio. We're a, Reds, we're a Cincinnati Reds affiliate. This affects us. Um, everything that we would be playing during the season right now is affected. Um, but another thing, I heard this the other day, and I hadn't thought about this. Do you all 
realize how powerful the Players Union of Major League Baseball is. They may be the second most powerful union on earth behind maybe the Teamsters. They are incredibly powerful. What do you base this upon? Well, I mean, I'm not saying for sure. You know, I'm saying it's just, it's something I heard on on, uh, ESPN Radio the other day. They were talking about how much power that the baseball players union has in terms of their their standpoints for negotiating and, and bargaining and things like that. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a common, or at least used to be a common thing that the weakest union is the one in the NFL. Yeah, I can see that. Well, they don't have guaranteed contracts. You can cut guys in a heartbeat, all that kind of stuff, and you can't do that in the other pro sports. Right, yeah, baseball I mean, guy gets Tommy John surgery. Uh, you mean he misses a year and he makes sixteen a million a year for seven years. Right. You still got to pay him the sixteen million. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Ho- hockey's about the players' association in hockey. Pretty much has a they have to okay all kinds of things that you wouldn't think they would get to, but it's part of the collective bargaining agreement. So. For some reason, the NFL got hosed. I, I don't know what happened. They busted that union, kind of, or what? You never ever hear anything about the NFLPA. Rarely, if well, ever. The, the NFLPA is kind of, from what I see, is you've got a lot of different personalities in that union because look at how many people that are in it. The more people you get in a union, the more chaos it's going to create because everybody's going to have a different agenda. The basketball union is, has, is is pretty good. Baseball is kind of the king, though, when it comes to sports unions. Um, but I think the NFL, they need to rally together at some point and uh, maybe raise that salary cap a little bit because you've got quarterbacks that are – you have to trade away your entire team just to pay the quarterback. I mean, look at Seattle. Russell Wilson got a payday, and uh, they haven't really been uh, – Championship relevant since. It's getting kind of outrageous. You almost have to draft a quarterback who is NFL ready now and get them on a rookie contract. You've got about a five-year window with a young player on a rookie contract who can step in and be mature enough to lead your team to a Super Bowl, or you've got to get an aging veteran who's willing to take a pay cut who's still got some skill left to take your team because when these big, when these big-time players – get these big-time contracts, a lot of times you're in trouble. Right. Uh, because well, they take up so much of the cap. Look at Brady. He, how many times did he restructure his deal to where if they could sign some other better exactly. players that they need? He would, take, he would literally take pay cuts uh, because he wanted to put – of course, you know he had plenty of money to get from endorsements, but – And his uh, wife. And his wife uh, makes more money than he does. <laughs> but – Go Tom, uh, Sugar Mama. Right. Uh, I mean, he put winning is more of an emphasis than money, I guess you could say. So uh, you're right. They do have a small window. The NFL has well, made the Patriots really impressive, but they've done that for so long. I mean, look yeah. at the, the, the NBA Players Association and all the stuff they have in the contracts. And there's all kinds of exemptions and max deals and – all these super max can, deals. Yeah, all these ways that you can pay a guy more money than you really luxury are kind tax. of allowed to almost. 
and in uh, football, sort of a what a fran- well, and even the franchise tag doesn't always work out to a player's benefit. Um, they don't have anything like that. Nothing. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a mess, and the NFL, if you look at their union, it, it's kind of a you know like. Honestly, guys, if you if you ask me, the guys I would be giving the money to is, and this may sound stupid, the offensive linemen and the quarterbacks, or, or offensive linemen and the corners, the good corners. Because those no, are no, two positions that are no tough. No one cares about defense. Well, except they, unless they don't Not have one days. on their team, then they care. But all right, just just for a quick thing too um, you would think the National Football League we're going to say probably has the weakest union and yet they by far bring in the most money I know it's ridiculous I mean uh, the amount of money that that, that they make their, their players are treated pretty crappy relative to other players It's it's a uh, it's kind of wild how the NFL has that kind of stranglehold, and maybe that's why the the owners like Roger Goodell so much. Maybe that's why the NFL players hate him so much. Is he's in that position because he represents the owners, and the owners of the teams like him apparently because all that money he's bringing in, and the owners are getting such a big cut of it. And um, I don't know. It's just it's really hard to to fathom how the NFL. You know, I'm looking at let, let me let me look this up here. The NFL salary cap is 198.2 million dollars, and that's an increase in 2020. Okay, so 189.2 million dollars is the NFL salary cap. Now, as we go forward here, the NBA salary, cap, and that's right there. You're looking at 52 guys, right? 52 guys. On a team, is, is that is that the number? Fifty-two guys make the team, correct? Fifty-three, I think it is. Fifty-three. Okay, hundred ninety-eight point two million. So let's do a little. And Nate's got a calculator. Let's just for shits and giggles here. Hundred ninety-eight point two divided by fifty-three guys. Right now, of course, this is an average. This is not how the pay structure works. But on average. Three point seven four million per guy, and that's a that's rounding up. The NBA salary cap is one hundred nine point fourteen million for fifteen players. So divide that out. That's seven point two eight per player. So again, the NFL higher salary cap but have more guys to pay players are getting roughly on of course again it's average per player 3 million rounding at 3.7 million whereas the NBA guys are getting way more than that how do they uh, how do they come up with the salary cap I'll be honest I don't know and then I to my mouth the NHL it's based 100% on revenue a 50-50 share of revenue. So if the league does well, so do the players. If the league does poor, then the salary cap goes down. I've never ever heard anybody say well, how the salary cap is arrived at the in football NFL, or like, NBA. According to this, according to this baseball. the NFL, like, like many professional sports leagues, 
the NFL utilizes a hard cap, meaning the teams cannot exceed the imposed upper limit. Each season, the salary cap is determined by calculations tied to the NFL's revenue for that league year. So apparently that's what they go by. Okay, but but they're like but that's then that adds to more questions though. Um, re, what revenue? Are we relying on 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 owners to tell us how much money they actually make? Uh, again, I'm looking it? into it here. Uh, I'm just curious because that seems. 2012 again. This is 2012 annual revenue of 9.5 billion dollars. The NFL is the most lucrative sport in the world. Uh, says here, while the league makes oodles of cash, so do its players. Still, the NFL and union representing the league's players have rules to keep the money in check. In 1994, both sides agreed to institute a salary cap. Okay, we got that. Salary cap, yada, yada. By 2014, the cap soared to $133 million. Uh, and we're up to $198 million now. And still, it says here, the calculation is based on a complicated formula, which often changes with each collective bargaining agreement between the players and the league. Teams must comply with the cap before the first day of league year. In the early days, the NFL salary cap was based off gross revenue, which included money earned from TV contracts, ticket sales, and merchandise. In 2006, the cap included such things as naming rights for stadiums, sales of premium seats and local advertising. As 2014, the cap includes all streams of revenue. And there you go. The NBA is, the cap is dependent on the NBA's total income as a league, whatever that, I, I, whatever determines that number. Mm-hmm. But then they do go on to say that, of course, it's a soft cap with very many ones I didn't even know about. The designated player rule, the uh, mid-level exemption, the biannual exemption, the rookie exemption, the bird exemption, based on Larry Bird, the early bird yep. exemption, the non-bird exception, the <laughs> minimum salary, <laughs> the traded player exemption, the disabled player exemption, reinstatement. Out. It's crazy. It is. I mean, okay, it's kind of nuts. Uh, yeah, I think we lost Jeff, Jeff was, here. But. Jeff was pulled away. But, but I mean, but but that just goes to speak to the power of the union that they've managed to wangle all those concessions out of the league. Yeah. Where the NFL's not doing that. Yeah, meanwhile, the NFL can't. I mean, if you get – they can cut you in the middle of a game and send you packing and not pay you. Yeah, I mean, they can it's it's kind of crazy do. How, how they do it. They yeah. do it all the time. <laughs> well, we need to it, make it, room for some guy, and well, yeah, we shuffle four guys off. I mean, there's no minor leagues to go to. There's no, um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems very strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking for um, players traded in the middle of a game. I mean, somewhere <laughs> along the line on the last one or two collective bargaining agreements in the NFL, they got crushed. And the, and I imagine the owners have done everything they can since then to keep it that way. 
Here's an interesting article that I've stumbled upon. <laughs> Gio Gonzalez meandered his way from the home of the visiting clubhouse on Friday as a part of a trade that sent the left-hander from the Nationals to the Brewers. And it was a baseball quirk of sorts, but one very much part of the game over the years. <laughs> he was traded to the team that he was playing against. He walked to the other clubhouse. <laughs> Well, that happens. It does happen in hockey, but you can't be traded during a game. Well, the trade doesn't. It doesn't go through during the game. If that makes guys sense, have, guys, yeah, guys get pulled out, out or off so they don't get hurt. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. I remember it happened to Harrison Barnes back uh, actually last year. He was playing for the Mavericks and was in the middle of a game. He got traded to the Kings, and they pulled him off the off the court in the middle of the game. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, they want you gone. <laughs> Things do. I mean, it's just weird. I mean, I don't know why, how they lost their power, but somewhere along the line they did. And and I would argue that maybe NBA players have got maybe a little too much power because, the, or at least the superstars anyway, are, you know, GMing and coaching and telling the team who they're going to sign and who they're going to get rid of and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Too much, too much. Well, not weird, but it's just a little too much. Of, I mean, it, there has to be a, I mean, all your players have got to be happy and all that if you want them to be successful, but I don't know. But I mean, the union is a good idea in a lot of ways. And in some ways it hurts the really good players but I guess it helps the average players because they get paid more. Hmm. Um, I have a question for you. Mm, all right. Since we're talking about player trades, player, who is the player that has been traded the most in National Hockey League history? Oh, there's, give, uh, he, he's probably yeah. You're gonna have to give me more than that because a lot of guys get. He traded was traded on, 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 nine on. times during times. his career. Mm, I, I I will know his name when you tell me, but I I don't know off the top of my head. Player, he's Canadian ice hockey player Mike Sillinger. Mike Sillinger, okay, yeah. Miss Sillinger, yes, traded nine times. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> Nine dollars—it's crazy to me. That he was—that just means that eight guys, eight teams didn't didn't want you, but nine did. Yeah, I mean that's true. You know, somebody's got to want you to trade for you, but usually means you're a a bit uh, role player or a fourth line or whatever, because you don't trade superstars nine times unless the guy's really a jerk. But I'm trying to find even LeBron's only working on team three. This doesn't seem well. Again, not all those were trades either. Um, True. The trader that was pl- traded the most, according to this. Now, this could be wrong. Actually, um, none of them were trades. That's true. Yeah, yeah none well, of them were. Well, uh, he, Cleveland, he was drafted by Cleveland. He decided to go to. Miami. I don't know if the Miami. I don't know if the Miami trade back was considered a sign and trade or not. I don't think it was. I'm not sure. Best, no, I don't think it was. One of the three. At I don't best, think it was. One of them, probably none. So that's not really. 
Um, according to this, from what I'm seeing, the player actually traded the most times in NFL history is uh, Eric Dickerson. Traded four times. You know, you don't see a lot of football trades. Period. You really don't. You really don't. Guys so that just number... get, get cut and re-signed is usually what are signed by another team. They usually don't make trades in football. I guess maybe because defense, offense, and all that, it's probably hard to come up with a equivalent. You know, I want to get rid of it. We need a receiver. What do you want for your receiver? Well, we want a defensive tackle. Oh, no, we can't, you know, like how do you – it's probably a little harder to make that happen. Yeah, true. Uh, in the NBA, I'm the guy that has been traded the most, six trades, played with 10 teams over 13 years, Drew Gooden huh. was the name that popped up here. And according to him, I'm numb from moving again and again and again. Relation to Dwight? <laughs> now that I can't question, tell you. Question. Uh, here, here's a few no, guys. Here's no. a here's a couple of guys here. Uh, actually, Drew Gooden may not have been traded the most. Here's a few guys that have been traded a lot. Uh, Otis Thorpe, seven trades, seventeen seasons. Uh, Sacramento to Houston, Houston to Portland, Portland to Detroit, Detroit to Vancouver, and, and then he played with Memphis, and then Vancouver to Sacramento, Sacramento to Washington, Miami to Charlotte. Uh, Joe Smith was traded seven times as well. Let's see who else we got here. Don McClellan, eight career trades in only nine seasons. Wow. Or McLean or whatever his name is. Uh, here's Billy Owens traded eight times. The American guy? Jesus. Uh, and here is Chris Gatling traded eight times as well. So it says here Gatling was actually included in nine trades. If you consider the fact the pick, which was used to select him in 1991 was sent from Philly to golden state for minute bowl in 1990. So there's some uh, some guys that you uh, may not have heard of some some trade guys. There used to be a game on uh, on Stump the Schwab. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. And <laughs> they used to do one where you had to pick uh, a, a guy. I think they called it Journeyman, and you had to pick the guy that was going from like each of the teams he was on and where he would go and. You had to kind of pick, and you'd be like, okay, this guy went here, and then he went here, and then he went here, and it was, right. I don't know. The trade tree? Something like that. Oh, speaking of speaking of which, we got some more bills to pay. Let's, uh, let's take a quick time out here, yeah, and uh, let's pay these bills, shall we? Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. 
you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, it's stayclassymeats.com right now. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. And that's our great sponsors at Stay Classy Meats and at Strip Cam Fun. Check them both out. Save yourself some money. Head on over. Enjoy some of the best stuff on the internet, including meat and uh, a little bit of fun for yourself. 18 or older on Strip Cam Fun. Well, Tim, another episode is coming. Another episode has gone. Oh. This week, yeah, yes, oh, uh, vroom, and the thing vroom, is, vroom. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, uh, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. There's Diana looking good. like some kind of whore. Uh, Never seen a guy uh, that excited for trivia. Well, I know a guy who's excited to do uh, one thing. Think about this. Bush Lee. Bush Lee. Ha, that was for you, Bogus. When sports come back around, there may be some more Bush League, but until then, we got to wait. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. Just sad. Just sad. Bush League is keep, a fun thing. It is, but I keep hoping that, you know, one of these weeks we'll be able to go, ta-da, something's back. But ah, who knows? Gonna, I might I, bring out NASCAR Bush League next week. I think it's going to be a little while yet. I think we're still looking at at least another month. Yeah, probably. But, uh, Tim, I want to ask you, do you happen, do you happen to have a, a bogus bedtime story for us to you end know, this week on? I can't. I couldn't find where I stuffed my bogus bedtime stories, so I'm like, nudge, nudge. Okay, well, we'll try to bring that back next yeah, week. It's a segment uh, we really do want to. It's a segment yeah, we really do want to get going, but uh, hopefully next. I might week. have had a moment here, and I think I my my notes and my stuff is all in. Like I swear to God that I had a, a, a kid named Cade was in my computer, but that didn't happen. So. Well. Yeah. We'll uh we'll see what we can do there. We'll we'll try to bring that back next week. But uh we do want to thank everybody. Ah, I found it. Never mind. Ah. We're good. We're good. All right. Well, should we do the Why intro or do you want to just roll with it? Let's just roll with it. What what do you want just to roll about with it? What's the one I think that's pretty interesting that strikes me as extremely odd is the Stefan Marbury story. Now, as you <laughs> Yeah, as you you're know, right. Yeah, as you know, he he did uh, end up playing in China for a while. 
And uh, he even won two uh, Chinese Basketball Association championships. And there's a statue of him in Beijing, believe it or not. He is so beloved over there that they made a musical about his life entitled, wait for it, Marbury, Evolution of the Lone Wolf. <laughs> nice. And accor- according to sources, and not surprisingly, it is super weird. Oh, no, really? <laughs> this, this, the guy who wrote this says, it could be cultural differences that prevent me from appreciating it, but from the clips I've seen, Marbury doesn't seem to do much in the play except walk menacingly around the stage, high-fiving and fist-bumping his castmates before breaking into an upbeat ball-dribbling dance routine. So, so it's basically high school musical starring Stephon Marbury. <laughs> and he he caps it with this winner. It's still much more impressive, however, than the five years he spent with the Knicks. Oh, <laughs> low so, blow, but not got, actually you know, not many, wrong either. Many, I mean, even LeBron doesn't have a Chinese musical based on his life. So, he, that know. he doesn't. That so he does not. Go, Stephen Marbury. Yeah, you did something. Yeah, the Starberry himself. We got to find a clip of this because I I, I want to see that. I kind of do. I kind of do too. Now that you've mentioned it, now I, I do. But it's like the train wreck thing. You know, you just can't look away. No, you can't. You don't want to watch it, but you gotta. But anyway, you're you're not wrong. But uh, you know what? It's been a great episode and. You guys probably didn't know this, but we're not live tonight. We'll go ahead and pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, Right now, as you're listening, I'm probably laying in bed with my son asleep. He's spending the next few days with his dad. So, uh, And I know Tim fought through some pain tonight to do the show, and Jeff uh, had to leave early because of work, but I appreciate them giving me a chance to spend an evening with my kid alone um, and play with him and spend some time with him and, and be a dad. Uh, so we recorded this on Tuesday night, and it's dropping at our normal time. So thank you, Tim and uh, Jeff. I know you're not out on here, but did, thank uh, you, guys. Did you know that uh, tomorrow night, which I guess will be Wednesday, so uh, tonight when you're listening to this, yes, uh, Ed, Ed Bogus will be appearing at the Shinston Gym. Oh, really? A, yeah, doing a one-man rendition of the Lombada. <laughs> Getting warmed up for the uh, the dance dunk devour competition, is he? Stretching the hammies and all that. But he's, but, did know, we did one... we explain to Ed? Did we explain to Ed that dunk is not Oreos into a glass of milk? Well, it might be. Well, it could be. <laughs> hey, again, they're your rules, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, you know. I don't know what's going to happen, as with most things. Hey, man, say, let, so. me tell you, let me tell you this. If they ever come out with them again, folks, this is this is a personal tip from Nate Bush here. Two things I'm going to recommend to you food-wise. I might I might start this. I might call this dining with Nate. Um, <laughs> and shut up, Tim. Yeah, that's too <laughs> I easy, hear a, Sorry, I, hear a ta- I hear a Taco Bell comment coming from you. <laughs> but um, was... Which you're not wrong. But uh, at the same time... <laughs> I recommend two things for you this week. If you're going to go out and you're going to, you know, go through a drive-through somewhere, one's a drive-through t- tip, and the other one's one a hopeful tip. If you're going through a Dairy Queen, an actual Dairy Queen, not one of the local, 
you know, hey, we serve ice cream here and we serve everything that the Dairy Queen menu has just about, except we're not actually Dairy Queen. Go to Dairy Queen. Get the Frosted Animal Cookie Blizzard. Um, on, and Nate highly recommends this. This may be the best Blizzard Dairy Queen has ever put out. Mm. I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Frosted Animal Cookie fan like I am. Do it. And another thing, uh, if if Oreo, if you're if anybody that works at Nabisco is listening, Oreos, please for the love of God, bring back the S'mores Oreo. It was the best Oreo I've ever had in my life. No, sorry, can't be on board on that. I loved it, and I'm not even that big of a S'mores fan. I'm not. No, but I love s'mores. I'm not a Blizzard fan. I really don't like chunks of stuff in my ice cream. I, I don't care for it. I, I mean, I understand. I, I get that completely. I'm usually a straight ice cream guy. You know, I want ice cream when I get my ice cream. But sometimes I like a blizzard. Um, the I mean, frosted the, uh, animal cookie blizzard is to die for. The, the, the go-to at Dairy Queen is a dilly bar. Oh. Which is dilly bars a, are good. It's uh, basically a rebel. But, yeah. Get you a uh, – D- Dairy Queen now has a an ice cream cone dipped in cherry uh, covering, even though our local, our local, uh, ice cream spot here, Dairy Delight does that as well. Uh, the, the cone dipped in a cherry hardening on the outside of it. So I highly recommend it. Well, it's basically a large dilly bar. The Dairy Queen up here has a cone, uh, dipped in, uh, moose batter. It's exceptional. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the s'mores Oreo with a glass of chocolate milk or the, Blizzard with a side uh, of uh, moose batter uh, ice cream with a, a side of uh, Wolverine fries can't be beat. You know, you, you say that, but people might believe you because there is a thing called <laughs> Moose Tracks ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, come but to Canada that, and find out. That's all I, I guess there's only one way. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Spotify. Anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, we're there. Check us out. Share us with your friends. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a rating review. Go type something nice on our review page uh, if you can. Go do that for us. Go check it out. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Back live next time, uh, as far as I know, unless something changes. But uh, And uh, hopefully when we come back, we'll have the sports trivia jeopardy that Tim has promised us for a couple weeks. We may not. Who knows, but we'll be back and we'll have plenty to talk about. I, I, I got to end this on, a, on a, I got a, a thinking man's note. Go for it. Because, you know, time zones are really weird. That they are. Right now, right now, it's June the 3rd in Australia. It is. It's June the 2nd in Canada. Yes. And it's 1920 in the United States. Once again... You're not wrong. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, we'll be safe and I hope you survive. Just stay away from the COVID. Um, Gee, you know, if you got a riot, like, this is going to sound really weird, but riot responsibly. That's all we ask. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. Be safe. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com 
slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets, where you can check them out at stayclassymeets.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.